Hey everyone, and welcome back to another spectacular edition of A Bit of Fellatio. I'm your host, Jason Geller, alongside Pro X, John Maddox. What? Pro X? Yes, producer extraordinaire. I figured I'd shorten it. We'd save a little bit of time because we've got a jam-packed episode this week. We've got a lot of topics to cover. We're going to talk about all of the matchups, a lot of intriguing decisions and things that change the matchups and the outcomes there. Then we're going to get into injuries and bye weeks, big bye week impact coming up. John and I are going to talk about our picks to win each division. But before we get into that, John, you went 2-0 this week, didn't you? I did. And you also went 2-0, didn't you? I did. Thank you. And congratulations. High five to that. We are Absolutely. awesome. It would appear that way. Uh, we've got some analytics coming back from Anchor.fm about our listeners. And we had some unexpected regions that we were hitting. There was a listener from Kansas City, and we don't have any owners that actually reside in Kansas City. I'm, I'm going to put a, an open-ended question out there for all of our listeners. Let us know where you're listening from. Let us know if you are listening to this podcast and you're not a member of the Fantasy League auction type in Orlando. I wouldn't be terribly surprised if somebody stumbled across this podcast, the um, the description says, if you're not a member, don't listen, don't bother listening. So I could see how that would intrigue somebody, but our drop-off rate is still, everybody's listening to the very end. So whoever's not in this league that is still coming and listening is enjoying themselves and, and getting, you know, a good podcast listen out of it. And that's where I want to know why they're, what they like, why they're listening, because maybe we do need to think beyond just this one fantasy league. Maybe we could broaden our horizons, and then some people can genuinely say, I was there from the beginning. Yeah, like I said, I'll open up a, uh, an open-ended question and reach out. Let us know where you're listening from, and welcome. Yeah, welcome. <clears throat> um, and so one of the things we'd like to welcome to our, our first review segment, welcome back, Wobble, once again, top scorer. So we're going to talk about his team first. He cruised past both the Boneheads and the Gingers this week. Uh, Wobble's team, it wasn't just his Chiefs contributing. Uh, he got a really balanced effort across the board. He got points from Miles Sanders and Alvin Kamara at running back. UCF's own Gabe Davis put up a big number for him. Um, and so he's really got a, a real balanced scoring on top of his his Chiefs that he uh, usually relies on there. Good job, Wobble. He's kept it rolling. His current win streaks at four. He's 10 and two, leading the league in points four. He's got the best team. Yep. And you know what? If it wasn't for his Alvin Kamara London fiasco a couple weeks ago, he'd be 12 and oh, still undefeated almost at the midway point of the season. So got to do a little bit better on the Wobble end, but the drafting and the roster management did a good job there. Yeah, good job, Wobble. On the backside of that matchup, the other two teams, the Boneheads just squeaked past the Gingers. Two-point victory there. Kind of more of the same for Mikey, unfortunately. This time he started Aaron Rodgers over Trevor Lawrence and once again got the decision wrong. It cost him 13 points. That is the third week in a row that his QB decision was made incorrectly, and it cost him the game. Either what would have been a tie turned into a loss or what would have been a win turned into a tie this time cost him the win outright he ended up losing john i want to know what do you think 
about Mikey's situation having Rodgers and Lawrence there? Does he need to make a move, or is he just picking the wrong weeks? Well, Jay, I think you and I owe Mikey an apology. We <laughs> and we didn't. That? Well, we didn't think that he was actually listening, but we found out uh, through the Flynn Vine that Mikey does actually listen. So, hey, Mikey. <laughs> Hi, Mike. And and in previous episodes, we we ragged on Mikey for starting Lawrence over Rogers. We said we you got to go with your your starter, your tried and true Aaron Rodgers. Two-time winning MVP. And we cost him this week. So, well, ultimately, I, Mikey, I'm sorry. I'll give him a minor apology. Ultimately, he's a grown man. He's an adult. He can make his own choices. He's responsible for his own start and sit decisions. But this time, yeah, Aaron Rodgers uh, was the bad choice. Trevor Lawrence was the good choice. And Mikey made the wrong choice. Sorry, Mikey. Next team we want to talk about, one of my personal favorites, it's my own team, the Detroit Roadies. Um, we survived. We went 2-0 and again this week. Had it come down to Monday Night Football. Um, I was holding on against Sean. He needed just 18 points out of Justin Herbert on Monday Night Football. And boy, was that an ugly game. Yeah, let's let's get into this, though. You went 2-0, and but who did you beat? Well, so I beat Joe and I beat Sean. Now, Sean, admittedly, he texted me this on Friday. He told me he was sidetracked and he left Curtis Samuel in on Thursday night. He didn't intend to. And now he never said who he would have started, but looking at him, he had Adam Thielen on his bench. Adam Thielen put up 11 points. Curtis Samuel put up a big fat zero. Cost him 11 points. And guess how many points I beat him by, John? You beat him by, I don't know. I don't have it in front of me. It's 11. So right oh. there, just that one decision alone, he would, have, he would have broken into a tie with me. However, it's not the only choice he made. That was a little curious. He also benched Kyle Pitts for Irv Smith. And that decision there cost him one point. So those two decisions combined, 12 points when he loses by 11, man, that, that cost him the game right there. So do you cut Sean a break, though, because he had just gotten back from a work trip. Before he left, his girlfriend was on a work trip. They hadn't seen each other in several weeks, so maybe he was distracted and wasn't focused on fantasy football. I'm not going to cut him a break from the vacation aspect, and here's why. My other opponent, Joe, actually called me Sunday morning from Nassau, from the Bahamas. He called me Sunday morning just wanting to know if any of the players on his roster were injured or anything because he was on a cruise and he didn't have internet access. I don't know how he was able to call me, but he couldn't log in to check his own team. So he called me, and that, my friend, is dedication. And did he actually make any changes? Well, okay, maybe it's not a ton of dedication. The only change that I made on his behalf, he had left Brandon Cooks in, who was on a bye. Definitely something that could have been taken care of before he set sail into international waters. But nonetheless, he made sure to address it Sunday morning before kickoff, um, got a player in instead of um, Brandon Cooks. Still went 0-2, but you know what? The effort was there. You got to respect the effort. Sure. Which player did he sub in instead of Brandon Cooks? I don't think it mattered. He had a really rough day. I think it was Marquez Valdez Stan, uh, who, Stanley, who, as a matter of fact. Who put up zero points. Put up a zero point. But you know what? So, you respect the effort. Yes, you respect the effort. Good job, Joe. Good job. So 
enough about my win, John. Let's talk about your win for a little bit. All right. You went 2-0 this week. Um, and your closest game was beating Brett. You beat Brett just by five points. He had Cortland Sutton coming down on Monday night football and just another another I, you can say it. You, yep. you can say it. I got lucky. Well, I don't know that you got lucky. I mean I I got lucky. Going into this game, Cortland Sutton, his lowest point production had been seven. And I texted you before this game started and I said, I need Cortland Sutton to put up six points or less, or else you would take first place instead of me. And Cortland Sutton got one catch or maybe two catches. I think he had two catches for 14 yards. He got one point. Yep. Wasn't good. Certainly wasn't good. And he had plenty of time to, to do it. He had all he, that. Regulation he, he even had overtime. overtime to do it. And Russell Wilson looked like hot garbage. He sure did. Something's off there, man. So just something's completely off. I don't want any part of that. Um, I almost feel fortunate to to have had Javante Williams get injured and just make me not even have to watch those games anymore. Because for two weeks in a row, the Broncos have been on national television stinking it up, and it's disgusting. It's it's just it's a slog to watch, and it's not fun football. Well, it looks like their offensive line is really struggling. I think with the um... I can't remember his name now. You're, you're running back going down. Javante. Javante. They're not respecting the run game. Denver can't get the run game going. They've brought in Latavius Murray, um, who did respectably well, but still nothing big. And the defense was just teeing off on Russell, and he had no time. I can't say that I was too disappointed because I got a win out of it, but still. And then... My other win, I don't feel good about my other win. Um, you know, when when there's the slower, smaller kid on the block and he comes and he picks a fight with you and, you know, you, you end up punching him in the face and knocking him out, you feel a little bit guilty. And Are you I, referring to the Chuliota tortoises? Yeah, I stepped on a turtle. You sure did. You stepped on something. Couldn't get out of the way. So, sorry, Rick. Well, Rick, if it makes you feel better, I know you only scored 44 points, but but here's a little stat that made sure you up. Made sure all of you guys up, as a matter of fact, because I know scoring's been down. In fact, there's been a 100 fewer touchdowns scored at this point in the season compared to last year and the year before. In fact, the first six weeks of fantasy scoring are the lowest in 13 years, down 22% from last year. So everyone's struggling. I don't know if everyone's struggling to the 44 weekly score level that Rick put up, but he's struggling nonetheless. And and did you want to, I know you were fired up about some of Rick's decisions earlier. Do you want to, you want to get into that now or you want to wait till later? Let's wait. Cause we're going to talk about Rick's team again. When we talk about the injuries here, the All one right. thing I want to get back to that, we didn't talk about Brett's team as much here. Brett lost to you by five. Obviously, Court and Sutton, you said you got lucky. But he also made a couple of curious decisions that cost him some points. He started Tony Pollard instead of Brian Robinson for the Washington uh, Commanders now. Brian Robinson outscored Pollard by eight points, so he cost himself the win there. Uh, John, don't you think – I know Brian Robinson's a rookie. He's just getting back on the field. Don't you think you got to give him a shot in this instance? It's tough. I I can understand it's his second game back after getting shot. I can understand wanting to wait until he proves that he's back before trusting him in your starting lineup. I think Brett's going to roll with him for the rest of the year now. 
Sure. I think after after that game, he's locked in. He's a starter. Pollard doesn't see the starting lineup again. It is a little bit questionable that he went with a number two split time running back as opposed to somebody who it was acknowledged that he was going to be the number one going into this game. Yeah, so. I think the writing was on the wall. Antonio <clears throat> Gibson was on his way out and Brian Ribson, Brian Robinson was taking over that job. Like I said, I don't question that call too much. He still would have pulled out this week if Sutton hadn't dropped a turd. But yeah, the other thing that that Brett maybe mismanaged, he started the Miami Dolphins defense against Minnesota instead of the Chargers defense against that anemic Russell Wilson led offense. That decision cost him five points. So he did, you know, lose out a few points there as well. But, John, here's what I want to commend you on. All right. Your kicker was on a bye week. And I don't want this Uh to turn into the kicker show or the kicker segment on the show. But I just want to give you your kudos here. You picked up a pretty good kicker. You picked up you picked up Jason Myers from Seattle. He put up a 13. I looked at the kickers that were out there on the waiver wire. I just took a peek. If you had taken Nick Folk instead from New England, you would have tied. If you had taken Youngway Koo or Graham Gano, decent kickers that are out there, you would have lost outright. So you know what, John? You said you were lucky. I think you were good. Good job there. Well, thank you. You know, you can't can't lose going with the Seattle kicker. Fair enough. Now, maybe you weren't so lucky um, as much as skill base, but Danny certainly was lucky. He went 2-0 despite only putting up 77 points here. Um, probably the most interesting decision I saw there in his wins over Tommy and over Mike was he had Michael Pittman on the bench. And that's a big name. Michael Pittman went for 134 yards. I think he had 10 out of t- 10 receptions on 12 targets. Um, but looking at who he, he started instead, A.J. Brown, Amari Cooper, Jalen Waddle all put up between 10 and 12 points. So he didn't really cost himself much anyway. It's just I just wanted to call that out because I think it's wild that he's got Michael Pittman justifiably on his bench. Do you think it's justifiable or would you have had to found a way to start Michael Pittman instead? No, I think if you look back, was it week two that Indy played Jacksonville earlier? They did. They did, but Michael Pittman was out. He was injured. That was the game he he was injured and sat out. He was out, but their production against Jacksonville, and I think the first game was in Jacksonville. Correct. The Colts' overall production in that game was terrible. So do you really think that just having Pittman and home field advantage is going to make a huge difference? I don't think anybody was really expecting the Colts to – outperform their previous performance by so much. And I think that's fair. I think obviously there was a lot of game planning involved when they were down. The Colts were down Jonathan Taylor and Hines. So they were down to their third string running back and they were making a conscious effort to throw the ball a bunch. The reason I bring this up though, Danny's got Michael Pittman on the bench, at least this week, he's playing the matchups, but he's also got DeAndre Hopkins now coming back from suspension. This is his first week back this week. Meanwhile, Danny's quarterbacks are Zach Wilson, who he started this week and put up a four, and Kenny Pickett, who only put up a seven before leaving the game with a concussion. However, Danny seems to be a, a major candidate between all that wide receiver depth and the just complete lack of talent at the quarterback position. Feels like Danny's going to make a move here sooner than later. Is that right? Does he want Tua? I, I think there's enough teams that have multiple decent starting options at quarterback that Danny, I mean, I, I'm sure I'm not telling Danny anything that he doesn't already know, but I think Danny, if he hasn't already been working and scouring uh, the other owners for trades, he needs to scouring, start right away. scouring. Danny is a scourer. 
He, I yeah, see what you did there. He is a very good scourer. Um, on the backside of that game, though, we mentioned Tommy and Mike both lost to, to Danny. Tommy beat Mike by 10. Tommy, once again, back in the uh, quarterback conundrum situation, he got the decision wrong again, but it only cost him one point this time around. He started Lamar Jackson, who had a down week with only 15 points, instead of Jalen Hurts, who also had a down week with 16 points. So, again, Tommy, he got it right, I think, one of the last five weeks. Tommy, Danny, talk to each other. Please, you guys could probably help each other. Or don't help each other. Don't help each other. Yeah. Um, Mike uh, put up 55 points. This is rough. Man. He, his wide receivers combined for six points, and all six of those points were from Marquise Hollywood Brown. On his bench, he had Allen Robinson. Now, Allen Robinson put up a 12. If he starts Allen Robinson over one of those other two receivers, which is Isaiah McKenzie and Garrett Wilson, he starts Allen Robinson. He's going to get at least one win here. Now, Allen Robinson, last uh, three games, one point, zero point, and two points. Do you blame him for benching Allen Robinson in that situation? Is he just unstartable? I don't blame him. You know, he, he got 60 yards and a touchdown, so he could have easily not caught that touchdown. And then it's a six. It's not as as painful, but... yeah. I, I didn't think, I think you got to, you bench him and you make him turn it around on your bench. And it is a little bit of a kick in the groin, a um, little ding in your car. If you see that points come up and it costs you the game, but I, I don't think anyone can blame Mike for that entire situation. No, I did want to go back to Tommy's team real quick. Oh, sure. I just wanted to point out Tommy's got Chase Claypool on his bench. That's correct. 96 yards and a touchdown. 15 fantasy points. Where are you going with this, John? I'm just saying, you know, you were pretty high on a different Pittsburgh wide receiver. How did he fare this last weekend? Oh, we got receipts for Deontay Johnson, huh? Yeah. Well, I I know he didn't score 45 points um, because Ricky's entire team only put up a 44. Looks like he had 28 receiving yards, eight rushing yards, only scored a two. However, I'm just going to say this. That was because Trubisky was involved. And I think he would have done a lot better if you had seen Kenny Pickett for the full game. Oh, so Trubisky and Claypool are are like this. And they don't like Deontay, huh? I, maybe I made the wrong call, but at least I didn't make the trade for him. At least not yet. I think uh, Ricky <laughs> sent me over the offer and we, we didn't execute anything, obviously. Trade value's going down, huh? Well, speaking of trade value dropping, we're going to get into some of the injuries from week six in just a moment. And we'll talk about the bye weeks as well and who's going to be affected by those. But first, we got to take a break for a little message. This episode of A Bit of Felatio is brought to you by Mitchell Martin, smaller firm. We have an IT and non-IT arm. It usually depends on what is causing you the most pain and how it's impacting your business. If you are not finding the talent via your typical methods, talent acquisition, or your immediate network, an agency would be a great option. Let's chat about it when you have five minutes. All right, and welcome back from that brief commercial break. Um, As we mentioned, we're gonna talk about injuries coming up here. 
one of the big injuries that we got and, and news has been breaking up until the point here uh, of us recording this podcast but the latest we have here marquise brown wide receiver you mean you mean Cardinals. concussion brown no 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 concussion brown was was your nickname for john brown also oh. smoky brown who also played for the cardinals but he's out of the league now why why is he out of the league too many concussions but oh. that's not the brown that we're talking about oh, okay we're talking okay about marquise hollywood brown arizona cardinals receiver uh foot injury initially they thought he was going to be lost for the season now latest update is that it's only going to be six weeks um but in either case this is the second major injury for venue tolo's team following uh, him just going nuclear after i politely declined his trade offer um, and he went nuclear on me and then he lost uh rashad penny to injury last week and now this week he loses marquise brown to injury i believe he's gone zero and four um so yeah the karma's catching up with with uh mike's team there but yeah that's a tough break to lose um uh marquise hollywood brown after he's been putting up a relatively strong start to the season yeah, and looking at Mike's roster, he's got four guys with injury designations right now. So he's yeah, in a tough he's in a tough spot. Um, if I were managing that team at this point, four and eight, I might just blow it up and start trading away and positioning for for next year. Well, he does have a couple of. Big time players. Well, one big time player, maybe one not so big, but Austin Eckler, $58 expiring contract. He also has Aaron Jones at $58 on an expiring contract. Feels like Eckler, if he's ready to throw in the towel, Eckler could yield quite a big return. Uh, one of the top performers running back this year. So um, he's got some options. The other thing, though, that Marquise Brown's injury opens up is it actually creates opportunity, perhaps, for DeAndre Hopkins on Danny's team. DeAndre Hopkins coming back from suspension. Um, seems like he'll slot right in as their number one wide receiver for Kyler Murray there. I guess it's helpful to Danny because on top of the quarterback issues he's already facing, like we said, Kenny Pickett's got a concussion. So Danny may be uh, limited to Zach Wilson or whoever he picks up off the waiver wire now. So mm. Danny's got some issues there as well. Concussion Pickett. Well, we're not going to call him Concussion Picket because that's A, not a nice name to give someone, and B, to my Your knowledge, episode notes say Concussion Picket. I put Picket Concussion. That's so we could talk about Kenny Pickett's uh, concussion. Not Concussion Picket. That's not his name. If you insist. It doesn't appear to be a recurring injury, though. But um, can, we call, what, can, can we call Danny Waiver Wire Danny? We could call Danny Waiver Wire Danny, but I trust Danny's general knowledge to navigate the waiver wire smoothly. That's a little bit of foreshadowing. Now, we're going to talk about someone else. <laughs> um, Ricky's team here dealing with a couple injuries. The new one, um, J.K. Dobbins, he tweaked his knee. He re-injured his knee. He got yanked out of the game. Obviously, Kenyon Drake had a huge game in his place. I don't know if this is going to be because of, you know, a, an actual injury aggravation, or as I was reading, it may just be related to the MetLife Stadium turf, which is notoriously poor and just and just tougher on the knees. So I think because of the turf issue. Sure, but we know that Ricky is waiver wire Rick. He he has skill on the waiver wire. 
you, you know what? I, I know what you're doing. You're trying to set me up because you know this got me upset the other day just talking about it. And it's not even my team, but I can't fathom how Ricky started Carson Wentz last week. And Carson Wentz now, I mean, now he's got an excuse to cut bait there. Carson Wentz is going to be out for several weeks with the, the finger injury. But how Ricky came to the conclusion to start Carson Wentz of all people this past week, instead of going to the waiver wire and taking a guy like a Marcus Mariota or a Daniel Jones or a Jimmy Garoppolo or well, any of these other guys. And, and I've actually got the receipts for you there. I took notes. I, when you got fired up, I went down and I, I looked at the waiver wire options at that time. And there were five other waiver wire players available who had projected scores higher than Wentz. Jimmy Jeans, Jimmy Jeans, Jimmy Jeans, Jimmy Jeans, Daniel Jones, Jacoby Brissett, Andy Dalton, and Matt Ryan were all projected to score higher. I know Matt Ryan actually did score higher. I mean, they all scored higher than Wentz. Matt Ryan actually had a really decent week. But yeah, it, it's very questionable that he decided to roll with Wentz there instead of picking up one of those guys. Yeah, I mean, I've got the numbers right here. Matt Ryan, 27 fantasy points. Marcus Mariota, 24 fantasy points. Jimmy George, Jimmy Garoppolo, 16 fantasy points. I guess Danny Jones only put up a 12. Uh, but still, it, it just really feels like you had some better options out there. And just starting Carson Wentz out there, the way that, that just the Washington offense in general has been playing, let alone on a Thursday night when those games always turn into a slog, let alone against the Chicago bears who have no offense to speak of. So they run the ball right. a ton and try and try and you know, slow the game down. So you're getting fewer snaps, fewer opportunities. When are you going to have Carson? Okay. About okay. 50 times against the Chicago bears. All right, Jay, you've beat the dead tortoise. Stop picking on Ricky. Stop picking on the bears. We can move on. I know. I just think that was one of the worst decisions I've seen, not just of this week, but of the season. Trot and Carson went out there as a starting quarterback in a 12-team fantasy league. All well, right. Some people may be making some curious starts this week because we do have a lot of bye weeks on the horizon here for some really relevant fantasy players. So four teams on bye this week, the Buffalo Bills, Minnesota Vikings, Philadelphia Eagles, and the LA Rams. That's a lot of fantasy goodness coming out. I think that Andrew played into this strategy. There are some people that play fantasy football this week or this way and say, I'm going to line up my bye weeks rather than constantly having one of my best performers on a bye and having to play the waiver wire and having to shift my roster around. You know what? I'm going to line up my bye weeks. I'm going to take the hit week seven. I'm going to lose my game or games. But every other week, I've got a full strength. So Sure. I think, yeah, splitting the difference is a good mm -hmm. win there. It, but he didn't really invest a lot in this quarterback position. So dropping from Kirk Cousins to Derek Carr isn't much of a downgrade in and of itself. He's also got a few different wide receiver options um, to, to trot out there in place of Justin Jefferson. I think the hardest spot for him that's uh, going to be tougher to fill is replacing Dalvin Cook right now on his roster. The only backup running backs he has out there are Rashad White and Deion Jackson, who are projected to score four points and one point respectively. So going to be a little tough uh, spot for him at running back. Hopefully you try and find a guy that falls into the end zone, perhaps. But now the there, side, there's there's oh, another point. Another point I had to bring up about this. You said that Andrew's playing wobble. 
Yes. Didn't, and fact, didn't Andrew and Wobble just play last week? Who makes the schedule in this league? So I built this schedule several years ago when the league went to 17 regular season games. We made 14 uh, regular season games in the fantasy league with double headers. And I built the whole thing manually by hand. John, if you don't like it, it's just the way it is. Sometimes <laughs> everyone plays two opponents and there's going to be some weeks where some teams are going to play back to back. I, I don't have the patience to sit there and try and swap the weeks around and try and figure out how to do that. Cause as soon as you swap two things, now you've got two different teams playing back to back. Well, and I guess one way to look at it is if I'm going to go up against wobble, the best team in the league, I would rather it be, when the majority of my top performers are on buys and I'm already expecting a loss rather than going up against wobble two weeks in a row when I'm full strength and having to really take him on full strength, full strength. Well, and you know, wobbles impacted by these buys as well. And it's not surprising. We talked about how good the teams are on buys. Doesn't surprise me that the, the couple best teams in the league, at least record wise, are being the, the most affected this week. Josh has Miles Sanders out on a bye. He's got Gabe Davis out on a bye. So those are two pretty big performers there. He does have Clyde Edwards-Alaire that he can plug in um, at the running back position. And, and. Yes. He's got your guy. Amon Ross St. Brown. There you go. Yep. He's flash in the pan, Ross Brown. He's not flash in the pan, not in the Detroit-style pizza pan or any other pan, but Amon Ross St. Brown coming back. But he also has Rashad Bateman, and if Rashad Bateman plays, I'm not sure if he's going to at this stage, but he may even have a tough decision to make there between those two receivers and Drake London and Juju Smith-Schuster. He's got four guys. One of them's got to sit, but the other three aren't bad options. So Josh may be in a little bit of a better spot here to get by, and of course he's going to have the edge at quarterback and at tight end with Mahomes and Kelsey this week. Yeah, I think Josh will be fine. He most likely will. But John, that begs the question. We're talking about this week, but looking for the entire season now, I want to know your picks to win each division. And we'll start with the East where we've got Wobble at 10 and two and Andrew at eight and four. And with apologies to Joe and Mikey, those guys are at four, seven and one, three, eight and one. I don't see either of them coming through here. Who's your pick to win this division? Sticking with my pick from our first episode, I think from the very beginning, if you go back and check, I've been Team Wobble. His team impresses me. He's got the best record, 10-2. and two. Uh, You already noted that his only two losses came on a coaching decision that he made rather than an outright loss. He's got the highest points for total. By a lot. It looks like he's 120 yeah. over the next highest total of points for. I would trade my team for his team straight up right now. I, I think that's fair. And of course, he's got the two game lead right now. However, I will say this much. <clears throat> that's where this week comes into play, because if Andrew can knock him off this week, whether or not he loses to the, you know, the other game, if Andrew can knock off Wobble this week, cut the deficit to just one. Now, Andrew's biggest bye weeks are behind him. Josh still has to worry about that week when the Chiefs are off. Andrew could keep pace, uh, but this week's going to be key for that to happen. We'll see. We will see. John, looking at the West Division, though, it looks to be down to a, a three-team race here between Danny, Sean, and Tommy. 
Danny's right now slightly in the lead, seven, four and one, half a game ahead of Sean at seven and five, and then one and a half games up on Tommy at six and six. Who's your pick to win that division and why? My pick is Tommy. Not when they're battling head to head. Um, Fair enough. If I were Tommy, I wouldn't do it. I would say I'd rather have these two really good quarterbacks on my team and sit the guy that would be your starting quarterback more so to hurt your team than trying to help my team. I like Tommy's team. I think that they've been underperforming. Derek Henry really hasn't gotten rolling like he has in the past. He's going to get there eventually. He's going to have those monster games. He's going to carry that team. Devontae Adams, Tyler Lockett still has a lot of potential that he he hasn't quite gotten there yet. I like his team. I like Tommy's investment in his team, his managerial decisions. We, We give Tommy a hard time, but when it comes down to Jackson or... Um, Jalen Hurts. Hurts. It, it's it's a roll of the dice. It would be a roll of the dice for any of us. One's average. Uh, Lamar Jackson's averaging twenty three points a week. Jalen Hurts is averaging twenty three point five. So it is going to be playing matchups, flip of the coin. Overall, Tommy's decisions have been pretty good. We've seen Sean get distracted for whatever reason, and and make some poor coaching decisions. We've seen Danny make some poor coaching decisions, get some lucky wins. I don't think that he can really rely on luck to carry him to the playoffs. So that's my rationale. That's my thinking. My money's on Tommy. Well, you're commending Tommy for his decisions, but I think the biggest issue for him is going to be his indecision. And particularly among that quarterback decision, um, hoarding those two quarterbacks. He still has Deshaun Watson coming back from suspension later in the year. But right now, you mentioned all the points that Lamar and Jalen Hurts are averaging. I'm saying one of those guys is guaranteed to be on his bench each and every week, and he has the opportunity to move those. Maybe not necessarily to Danny, but he has the opportunity to move one of those players for an actual viable starting lineup piece. And I think that could be the difference. That's what puts him over the hump. Because right now, as good as Devontae Adams is, his third wide receiver is Devontae Parker. And there's a big drop-off in the Devontae rankings from Adams to Parker. So if Tommy wants to make a move, maybe he looks around the league, finds someone else to trade with, so he's not helping someone in his division. But I do think that, yeah, you don't want to help Danny because I think Danny could also be looking around as well, not just to Tommy. And I think Danny's going to ultimately win this division because I think for his standpoint, it's easier to replace the quarterback position and go out and find that production. We talked about some of the options, even that were out there on the waiver wire when we were talking about Ricky and starting Carson Wentz. I think Danny's gap in his lineup is easier to fill. And so I think between that and being up already in the standings, I think Danny ultimately comes out with not just the division here, but ultimately he's also got a little bit of a head start here. The winner of this division, good chance of getting that second first round by in the playoffs that we know is crucial. Sure. Well, you'll see. Well, I guess we will. And John, that brings us to the Central Division. And of course, in the Central Division, there are two teams tied for first place right now at six and six. That's you and me. John, Yeah. I'll let you go first. Go ahead. Make your case. Why do you think you're going to win this division? Well, why do you assume that I think I'm going to win? Do you think you're going to win? I think I'm going to win. Okay, it's, tell us it's, why. It's, 
it has nothing to do with my analysis of our teams or anything. It's just me being hopeful. I like my team. I think I've got some guys that are still underperforming. Let me find my roster here. I built a, a good, solid team around my starting lineup. I invested all of my cash into starting lineup. And for the most part, when they perform, then I put up big numbers. I still have not seen a week where Jamar Chase, Chris Godwin, and Cooper Cup, where any two of them have a big week at the same time. Godwin is still only averaging just over five points a week. He's going to get there. He's going to get back to his 11, 12 point average a week. Eventually I'm going to see two of those three having 15 to 20 point games in the same week. And I'll be putting up 110, 112 points a week. That will get me there. Well, you hope it will get you there, but I'm pretty confident that my team will get there. And here's why John, running backs. I had drafted or I had auctioned both Brees Hall and Ramondre Stevenson. They were set to be backups for me. My planned starting running backs were Javante Williams, who's now out for the year, DeAndre Swift, who's missed a handful of games, and I haven't skipped a beat. I'm thrilled with the performance from my backup running backs because now I think they are my starting running backs. I'm not even sure what to do when DeAndre Swift comes back. I feel really comfortable at a really tough position. I think running back's been real, real uh, difficult this year to find solid performers. And I think I've got three that's out there. And on top of that, I've got Tyreek Hill, who's one of the top receivers in the league, didn't skip much of a beat, maybe missing a little bit in the touchdown department, but certainly not the yardage. DK Metcalf um, on that rejuvenated Seattle offense. I was a little concerned about him coming into the season, but he's been playing, paying dividends. And I've got Chris Olave and Chris Olave as a rookie appears to be trending towards the number one receiver in New Orleans. I know you've got the resurgence of Michael Thomas, but of course he's missing a bunch of games. I love my receivers. I've got Mark Andrews at tight end in a position where, again, there's probably two, three tight ends you can count on in this league this year. Um, Maybe it's just Kelsey and Andrews, and I've got one of them. The only concern I have, and again, this goes back to the same issue that Danny's facing, is quarterback. Now, I'm in a little bit of a better spot. I've got Matt Stafford. I've got Justin Fields as a backup, and I think that's where he should be as the backup. But I would like to have a little bit of better performance from Stafford to really feel good about my team. I think if Stafford turns things around, you're going to be looking at me winning this division overall. You say your strengths at running back. You're going to run into the same problem that you said Tommy has. You're going to leave a lot of points on your bench. You're going to have a lot of performance. If you're benching Swift for the rest of the season, you're week in and week out. You've got three guys. Two of them are going to be hot. One's going to have a down week. And you're going to be relying on getting lucky and picking those two. Um, I guess that's true. I mean, I do need to hold on to one of them. I know both Brees Hall and Ramondre Stevenson, they've got their bye weeks stacked up on top of each other. So um, week 10 is going to be a little difficult for me on top of Mark Andrews being on bye. But you Ooh, know I what? hope I play you. <laughs> we'll have to check the schedule. <laughs> but you know what? I'd rather have a, a third running back because that position is so much more difficult to, to just stay healthy throughout the season. I'd rather have three good running backs than two good quarterbacks. So I see your point on, on, you know, me critiquing Tommy's team and yet doing the same thing at mine, but I think it's a little bit apples to oranges just because of the injury risk at the running back position. Sure. And maybe you make a move. 
I, maybe I do make a move. We'll see. I mean, I've got the the uh, the excess at that position. I like my depth at wide receiver as well. I, maybe I have to trade one of my starters, but I feel comfortable plugging in some of the other guys on my bench, like a Brandon Ayuk, a Romeo Dobbs. And don't forget, looming in the shadows, Jamison Williams coming back from IR soon enough. So yeah. I've got some options at wide receiver if I do need to trade someone. Dang, I, I just checked the schedule. It looks like week 10, Mike and Andrew are going to – each get an easy win. I don't get you until until week 11 and week 12. So that will be really pivotal for our division. We match up back-to-back weeks, head-to-head, week 11 and week 12. Yeah, see, the schedule I created has its pros and cons there. See, that'll be fun. Um, I do want to ask you one team we haven't mentioned. It's currently sitting in the basement of our division, Brett Bonacontri's team, league champ. He's 4-7-1 but he's only a game and a half back of you and I can Brett sneak in. Can things break right? Do you think Brett can get ahead of both you and me and end up taking this division? Are you asking my opinion? Just asking your opinion. Tell us, John, what do you think? I don't think he can. I I don't see a path to that happening for him. He has to get lucky and have both of us not perform well. Um, if it was just, could he get lucky and pass one of us? Maybe is the second place team from our division going to make it? Probably not. You're going to have to win our division to make the playoffs. I think the, the wild card, um, is going to come from the other divisions. I don't see how he's going to get past both of us. You know, I think he got fortunate. If Jonathan Taylor can get right at one running back position and get healthy, he got Kenneth Walker thrust into the starting lineup in Seattle, and that's a good one-two punch at running back. Here's the thing, though. I was actually real effusive in my praise earlier in the season for his trio of wide receivers, CeeDee Lamb, Debo Samuel, and Cortland Sutton. Now, Cortland Sutton, again, we talked about this earlier. I I don't trust anyone in the Denver offense right now, so I think you got to pump the brakes a little bit on Cortland Sutton. But CeeDee Lamb, and granted, this is with uh, Cooper Rush at quarterback instead of Dak Prescott, who may be coming back this week. But CeeDee Lamb has scored single digits, seven points or less, four of the six weeks thus far this season. His ceiling, his best week, has been 15 points. So I think CeeDee Lamb right now, unfortunately for Brett, might be a little bit more name recognition than actual performance. And Debo Samuel, I'm going to throw him in that same boat. Debo Samuel came off a career year last year, and he's pretty consistent this year. Here's his fantasy points by week. 10, 9, 7, 17, 9, and 8. And so he's kind of right in there where he's consistently putting up mediocre points. And that one game with the 17, he needs to have more games like that and less games where he's scoring an average of 8 or 9 points if Brett's going to end up making a run in the back half of this season. Yeah, and maybe he, if he really does want to make a run, like you said, he's got a little bit of capital that he could trade with those running backs. Um, He's got Brian Robinson, what is that, $8 signed through next year. He's got... He has Elijah Moore on that long-term deal. Traylon Burks has been injured, but another long-term deal with a rookie player. Kenneth Walker, he's got for $10 signed through next year. So he's got some up-and-coming guys that if he wanted to really make a push for next year, he's got some trade capital that he could definitely improve his team if he wanted to. With his current roster, if he doesn't make any roster moves, I don't see it happening. Well, we'll have to see how that plays out. (laughs) 
John, I think that's just about going to do it for this week's episode. I got nothing else. I got nothing else. Uh, I think we had a great show. Once again, reminder, if you're listening and we don't know you, please drop us a line. Go into Spotify. Uh, we'll try and create a, a way for you to, to get in touch with us there. You can also reach us on Twitter. The official show is at a bit of podcast. So tweet hold, us. Your hold thoughts. on. Do you actually have a Twitter account going for us or is that just a bit? No, that's real. I just set that up today. In matter of fact. No, I'm not really on Twitter, so... Yeah, I'll I know that. I tried for looking that. for you. I tried to surprise <laughs> you by following you, but you didn't have a Twitter account to follow. No, so, not there. A bit of podcast on Twitter. Um, John, do you want to bring us home? Yeah, just thank you to all the love and support from all of our listeners, both inside the league. We have heard from most of our league owners that, that listen. Um, we value your feedback. Um, love engaging with you. And... Yeah, thanks to anybody that's out there that's not a member of the league that's listening. Um, hopefully you're enjoying it. Let us know. Reach out to us either on Twitter or in the comments here on Spotify. Yeah, remember to like and subscribe. Ring that bell for not notifications. Drop us a note in the comments. Let us know what you want us to talk about. And don't forget those uh, listener voicemails. You can always send those in as well. <laughs> there you go. I won't give out the number this week, so... On behalf of ProX John Maddox, I'm Jason Geller, and this has been a bit of fellatio. See ya. Alpha Bravo Charlie Delta Echo Foxtrot Kilo Lima Minnetonka.